0: let me tell you about um echelon fit echelon is you know you know those really expensive bikes that now are not selling um right now you can get the same kind of quality the same kind of bike at a fraction of the cost with echelon fit Something that brings the gym home to you and world-class instructors like Nicole Griffin and Michael Brown. You can be part of a much larger workout community of hundreds of thousands at a time, all without ever having to leave your home. That's what you get with Echelon Fitness. The Echelon Fitness app provides you thousands of live and on demand classes, great music from your favorite artist, and with Echelon Fitness, you can work out anytime, day or night, and crush your fitness goals. It's affordable workout equipment. Right now, for a limited time, you can get up to $840 off the uh, retail price. You get this exclusive discount. Text back to 818181. Text back to 818181. Get up to $840. off of the retail price it's texting back 818181 echelonfit.com now
1: Here is the fusion of entertainment and enlightenment. This is the Glenn Beck Program.
0: Hello, America. Welcome to the Glenn Beck Program. We're glad you're here. There it doesn't seem to be justice anywhere. No justice, no peace is what people used to march and say. Now, if you march and say anything, uh, you could get you could be spending ten years in prison. That's what they're saying. The organizer of the Ottawa uh, truckers strike may get 10 years in prison. And and her crime, Stu, is what again? Uh, Counseling to commit mischief. Counseling to commit mischief Mm -hmm. is the crime that she may spend 10 years in prison for. I'm telling you, you think these things can't happen here? They already are yesterday we talked about a uh, a family who had all of their income just taken their bank accounts just closed down by the department of justice their money taken they fought it for over two years well the woman that uh, we were talking about yesterday was listening to us and she's on the phone with us now to tell us the whole story this is not in some foreign country this is happening right here at home. America, wake up. We begin in 60 seconds. All right. People ask me all the time, what can I do? I can tell you right now, what you can do is prepare yourself and your family and prepare for others in need. We are in for a potential world of hurt. I was talking to the the uh, the actual farmer the guy who does all of the work on my farm, uh, and I was talking to him about fertilizer and, you know, what is it going to cost this summer, etc., cetera, etc., cetera. and he said, I'm not sure we can even get fertilizer, Glenn. There is going to be a food shortage, and that coupled with inflation, the shipping crisis, all of that, there is so much going on right now that we could be crippled at any moment for just about 10 different things. Please get stocked up with emergency food from my Patriot Supply. That is going to be the real currency food, everyday items. Do yourself a favor, go to preparewithglenn.com. You'll save $150 on their three month emergency food kit, which gives you breakfast, lunch, dinner, drinks, snacks, totaling 2,000 calories a day. Uh, when you know what hits the fan, you're not going to have to worry. Please stock up for yourself and others now. PrepareWithGlen.com. Get this special $150 discount. Be prepared. PrepareWithGlen.com. Okay. Man alive. I'm, I'm, I'm looking at what's happening all over the world, including Russia. We have a take on Russia that you're not going to get anywhere else in an hour from now. It is something that I have been talking about internally and occasionally here on the program, but it is time for you to really understand this. Uh, that's coming up next hour. Uh, we, have, um, uh, we also have the, the Chinese social score system that is now beginning here in America, an expert on that, coming up in hour number three. And this hour, I want to talk to Amy Nelson. She is the founder, the Riveter, The FBI seized her family assets without any charges. I got this letter last night. Glenn, I heard you mention my family this morning on your show. I wanted to write and say thank you for noticing our story, which is almost unbelievable. Two years ago, Amazon accused my husband of a crime called honest services fraud. Although we now know that Amazon lawyers met with the DOJ 87 times In effect, to persuade the government to charge my husband with a crime, but no charges were ever filed. Nonetheless, the government seized our money via civil forfeiture in May 2020. We're just getting the money back last week. I'm a trained litigator turned an entrepreneur, and this experience has been stunning at every turn. We welcome to the program Amy Nelson. Hello, Amy.
2: Hi, Glenn. Thanks so much for having me.
0: You bet. I'm I'm sorry we didn't see your story earlier. We just saw it this week, and it is horrifying. Horrifying.
2: <laughs> it is. It's, Um. you know, I'll be honest. I didn't really even know that civil forfeiture existed before yeah. this happened to my family.
0: Yeah. It is one of those things that everybody thinks it can't happen to them until it does. And it is so unconstitutional and terrifying. Tell me what happened. <laughs>
2: It really is. So my husband worked at Amazon Web Services for seven years. Amazon Web Services is a division of Amazon that really builds the internet. So the internet lives in these big warehouses with server racks and people buy what are called instances on those server racks, and that's Amazon Web Services, and it generates billions of dollars for Amazon every year. Um, And in fact, some of their biggest clients or maybe their biggest client is the government. It's our intelligence community. AWS serves the National Security Agency, the CIA, mm-hmm. the FBI, to the tune of billions of dollars every year in revenue for Amazon. And my husband's job was um, supply. He helped Amazon Web Services find real estate to build these data centers. And um, he left AWS in 2019. And in, on April 2nd of 2020, we got a knock on our door around 6.45 a.m. We lived in Seattle at the time. And it was the FBI, and that was the first time that we learned that a couple months prior, Amazon had accused my husband of a crime called private sector honest services fraud, which is depriving your private sector employer of your honest services. And from there, wait, wait, wait,
0: wait, wait, wait! I want to make sure that's usually. um, I mean, it's it's hard to prove. In the private sector, in the public sector, it's usually bribery or you're leaving out information. You're profiting on a relationship without telling the other side. Right.
2: Right. It's usually I mean, it's usually used in the public sector right. um, where you have a politician who they say took a bribe to pass a bill. Correct. Um it's. It, I believe it's pretty rarely used in the private sector. It is, and in fact, it. Um, you know, it's been pared down very much. It, they um, they had charged Skilling, the CEO of Enron, with private sector honest services fraud, and that was actually overturned at the Supreme Court. Um, and it's it's hard. I think the bounds of private sector honest services fraud, even the statute, they're very they're very still kind of unknown and being shaped. They're treated differently all over the country. Um. But we, we, Amazon had never approached my husband about their allegations. They what? never asked him about anything. They just went to the Department of Justice.
0: So what was it they were saying he was doing?
2: So, you know, it's, we've actually never seen the allegations. Everything remains under seal. So we don't know exactly what Amazon said to the government, but so, what we understand, uh, yeah, it's, I mean, it's just like stepping back, right? For years, we had all of our money taken, and we have no idea what Amazon said happened.
0: Well, I mean, don't you have a right to face your accuser? Don't you? I mean, you can't know why the government took your money?
2: Well, the way the process works. So, you know, my husband has never been charged with a crime. So he doesn't have a right to face his accuser because he's never been charged by the Department of Justice with a crime. Now, when they took the money via civil forfeiture, the way it is meant to work is if they take your money via civil forfeiture and then they do not indict you with a crime. The government has to file a civil lawsuit against your bank account, and the bank account is a defendant. Now, the government did that here, but then immediately after they filed that civil lawsuit, they asked the court to stay, which means to pause the civil lawsuit, because they said, well, we can't possibly litigate this because we have a secret criminal investigation. And so we've just been in, we were in a cycle for years where we could see the allegations. We couldn't even cite the allegations because we didn't know what they were
0: this is so evil so evil this is this is putting people this is reversing american justice you are guilty until proven innocent it is sick
2: i so, mean it 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 really is and i will say you know i have learned through this experience which has impacted my husband's career in an immeasurable way it's impacted my career i'm, a, I'm just his wife it's impacted my career in an immeasurable way as well. In America, I very much feel that you are guilty when accused unless and until you can prove yourself innocent, and you have to pay to do that. And I think that's something we really need to consider about our process. And I think the other thing, Glenn, that's completely horrifying about this, this is an allegation made by a private company about private contract related to private employment terms. And Can anybody walk into the DOJ and do that? If I'm Amy that owns a hardware store, can I walk into the DOJ and say, I believe my employee did X, Y, or Z and the DOJ will jump. They will just take my word and move. I don't think so. I don't think so. I don't know, but I don't think so. You know, what I know to be true is that Amazon has an incredibly close relationship to the department of justice and to our intelligence community. And it's very frightening.
0: How much does this cost you?
2: we have spent probably a million dollars
0: and where did you get that million dollars? They, I mean, they took, how much did they take from you?
2: So they took, um, around 875,000. Now they took most of that from our lawyer's client trust account. We had sent money to our attorneys to pay for legal fees and the government went into our lawyer's bank account and took it.
0: How is that possible?
2: I mean, I don't know. I honestly, I don't know. But our lawyers had already billed a significant, um, had billed us, had billed against those funds. And so they repaid our lawyers what they had already billed. So that was how we, you know, got. that's how we paid for this at the beginning. Um, And then um, we, you know, my husband and I are in our 40s. We're professionals. We've worked our entire lives. Um, And um, so my husband was able to keep working. Um, until the allegations became very public. So, you know, we were able to keep earning money. I was still earning money. Um, And then we had to sell everything. We sold our house, which we had worked very hard for the down payment for, and where we had planned to raise our four little girls. We sold our car, we liquidated a retirement fund, and we borrowed some money from our friends and family.
0: Is there anybody that is talking to you about suing Amazon?
2: You know, I think there are a lot of people out there who think we, um, we have a lot of causes of action against Amazon. I can actually tell you, Glenn, that we did sue Amazon, or my husband rather, sued Amazon um, in Washington state court, and he won. And um, my husband sued Amazon. So one thing that Amazon did that I haven't mentioned is after Amazon had been lobbying for criminal charges for many months and no indictment or charges had ensued, but Amazon knew the government had seized our money Then Amazon sued my husband in federal court in Virginia. So after they couldn't get the DOJ to bring charges, but after they knew that we had no money, they sued him, which is very cruel. And I think it's a complete manipulation of the criminal system.
0: What happened to that case?
2: So that case, Amazon sued my husband, and then they didn't move their case forward for years. They let it sit there um, until another defendant in the lawsuit forced Amazon into discovery, So we are now in discovery, which is, you know, Glenn, is we're sharing facts about Mm -hmm. the allegations Mm -hmm. and our depositions of the Amazon executives, my husband's deposition, um, my husband's depositions of the Amazon executives who accused him of these crimes will begin um, next week, actually. And, you know, these real estate transactions at issue were approved by very senior level, the highest level at Amazon. Um, And so there'll be some interesting depositions, I think, um, where my husband can finally face his accusers and understand what happened. But circling back to this lawsuit in Virginia, um, Amazon made my husband sign an employment contract that said that they would litigate any disputes in Washington state where my husband lived, where my husband worked, Uh where Amazon is headquartered, but Amazon threw it out the window and, and sued him in Virginia because that was where they were seeking criminal charges.
1: But wait, but and,
0: <laughs> but how is that possible? I mean, I have a, contracts. Big... If anything, <laughs> if anybody litigates on any of my contracts, it is here in Texas. If I litigate, yep. it's here in Texas. That's I, I mean, know, that's frankly, common.
2: Frankly, I think that Amazon thinks they're so big and they have so much money that no one can go up against them. I truly believe Amazon thought You know, Glenn, 97 percent of people accused of a federal crime plead guilty because it's terrifying, because they can't afford to defend themselves, because perhaps the government will use civil forfeiture against them. Perhaps they will, you know, lobby any other number of threats. Um, And so I believe I believe when Amazon accused my husband of a crime, they just believed that would be that and that they would never have to prove any facts, because if you plead guilty, you don't have to the, the accusers don't have to prove anything right? There's no trial. They don't have to actually explain what happened. So I believe that was Amazon's bet when they started this. And it's a good bet, right? It's a good bet, not because of the truth, but because 97% of people plead guilty when accused. And Amazon is represented by a former federal prosecutor who worked in the district in Virginia where they're seeking charges. And I can imagine that that former federal prosecutor perhaps knows current prosecutors in Virginia and could call them up and ask for some help. Um. But so we sued. We, my husband sued Amazon in Washington State for breaching the employment contract, and he won. The judge in Washington State said, "You know, I learned in the first year of law school that if you want to breach a contract, you can, but that doesn't mean you're not going to pay for it." Right. Uh, so, so we won that, which is you know great. Um, but I think you know there are there are other causes of action that I think my husband will have against Amazon. I hope
0: so. Um, mm-hmm. Amy, what can people do uh, to help?
2: Well, we would love your help. You know, we're waging this battle still against Amazon um, in civil court. It's costing an enormous amount of money because Amazon is fighting discovery for the lawsuit that they brought. Um, and so we have, um, we're raising money at a website called um, Nelson's dot And we would love your help. And we'd also just love help in civil forfeiture reform. Uh, the government should not be able to take money and call it a crime without affording someone uh, the ability to fight back.
0: It's nelsonsfightamazon.com. Correct. Okay. Good for you. Uh, Amy, thank you. God bless. Uh, please keep thank us up to, up to date on this story. I'd really like to follow it. So anything you can share, uh, let us know next week, will you?
2: I will. Thank you very much.
0: Thank you nelsonsfightamazon.com if you want to if you want to help okay let me tell you about our sponsor this half hour it's terrifying and it's too
1: it's absolutely an unbelievable story and i can't believe how many times we've done a story just like it and
0: and people think that what's happening in canada can't happen here it is happening here just in a different way so far and what is yeah so far and what is happening in canada is coming here it's called ESG. You know, they needed
1: an yeah, emergency. You need a book to explain something <laughs> like that. Is there anything that yeah, could it's help? called The
0: Great Reset and it's mm. out uh, and available now. Just order your book at glennsnewbook.com. All right, um, Relief Factor. Richard wrote in about his experience with Relief Factor. It's been a great product for me, he says. My back is now pain free just after a few weeks of taking Relief Factor. It works. And I will continue to use it. Thank you. Relief Factor. Richard, sounds like you got your life back. And that's not a promise, but it's a 70 percent. It's a 70 percent bet that you will find relief. 30 percent of the people who try Relief Factor don't find the relief they're looking for. But 70 percent go on to order it month after month. Try the three-week quick start and see if it doesn't work for you. Developed for you, nineteen ninety five, dollars $1 a dollar a day, it's a trial pack. Hundreds of thousands of people have ordered Relief Factor. 70% go on month after month after month. I'm one of them. ReliefFactor.com or call 800, the number 4, Relief. 1-800, the number 4, Relief. Get the nineteen ninety three-week quick start. ReliefFactor.com. Feel the difference. 10 seconds, station ID. Okay. As if we don't have enough enemies, my research department uh, has uh, has somehow or another convinced me to do yet another special on Blaze TV just to piss off somebody else with an awful lot of power. (laughs) Our covid special a couple of months ago showed considerable proof that a cover up was underway during the early days of the pandemic. Now it's time to look into what was being covered up. We already know that the government was funding the lab in China, but what else was going on? We know and we showed you that U.S. government funds were going through EcoHealth Alliance from the NIH. But if you look at the total financing, those funds were a mere drop in the bucket. And I think you're going to be surprised when we follow the money. It is insane. It turns out that FOIA diplomatic cable from the U.S. Embassy in Beijing reveals what the government was really worried about in China in the years and months before the pandemic. And now I'm curious how far was the government willing to go to ease those fears? Tonight, we will show you the largest source of funding to EcoHealth Alliance, a source that has a very shady past and even shadier partner. The CIA. We have an insider that used to work with Peter Dazic at EcoHealth Alliance. He has a shocking claim, and if his claims are true, it completely upends the narrative that the government didn't know what China was up to in Wuhan. It also raises the question of how culpable the reckless U.S. government was in helping the Communist Party of China. Tonight, live white lies black ops and red china an insider exposes pandemic money trails you will not see this one any place else we have not received any responses in the last six months from peter Dazik on any of the things that we have dug up until this one you will see his responses tonight boy he responded so quickly On the charges, and we will have both sides, we think it is worthy to be seen. Tonight, uh, 9 p.m. Eastern, on the Glenn Beck Program, the Wednesday night special. Don't miss it.
1: The Glenn Beck Program.
0: American Financing NMLS 182334 www.nmlsconsumeraccess.org Interest rate forecasts are not looking good, whether it's your mortgage or your credit cards, really anything with a rate tied to it. You're in jeopardy of paying more money uh, than than you borrowed and money spent. You cannot allow that to happen. It's too important for you and your family. Get your financial house in order right now. Take a little bit out of your time today and give American Financing a call. We're not talking about hours on the phone here. It's 10 minutes. They can do a free mortgage review and then let you know what options you might have that could save you a ton of money. If you have high interest credit cards, um, you could save couple hundred dollars a month you could save a thousand dollars a month what some people have there is no obligation no upfront or hidden fees just a great company working for you and not the banks call american financing today you might be able to skip up to two mortgage payments and close in as little as 10 days call american financing now at 800 2440 or go to americanfinancing.net
1: Back-to-back Studios America and Glenn TV on Blaze TV. Go to blazetv.com slash Glenn. The promo code is Glenn.
0: Hello, America. Welcome to the Glenn Beck program. As you see how our government has changed um, and changed dramatically and the way things are moving in um, well, all over the world, Um, it is important now more than ever that you get the truth. Um, There is a fight for the truth. And I'll go into this a little bit later on in the program. Uh, The New York Times just released something that I I can't believe I read. First of all, uh, oil traders are betting on an Iran deal. Apparently, we're very close to a deal with Iran um, where they'll be able to sell their oil. So that'll take the pressure off uh, for oil. Are we out of our minds? Uh, Understanding the rise of gas prices in the U.S., This is you ready? This is from the New York Times. This is what they want you to believe the cause of your gas prices going up is. A steady rise. American consumers have seen the constant cost of gasoline going up, along with many other goods of services sharply in the recent weeks. The role of crude oil production. Gas prices have gone up in part because of fluctuations in supply and demand. Demand for oil fell early in the pandemic, so oil producing nations cut production. But over the past year, demand for oil recovered far faster than production was restored. Really? Is that what it is? Additional factors at play. They must have covered it here. The price of crude oil is only one element driving up the gas price, right? Compliance with renewable fuel standards can contribute to the cost. The price of ethanol has increased and labor shortages in the trucking industry. Is that is that what it is? Oh, no. There's also this a global energy crunch. Other types of fuels, including natural gas and coal, are also growing more expensive. Natural gas has shot up more than 150 percent, threatening to raise prices of food, chemicals, plastic goods and heat this winter. And then there's this, the U.S. response to combat soaring prices and their effects on inflation. President Biden has, uh, uh, has ordered a release of oil from the nation's emergency stockpile. He also asked the Federal Trade Commission to investigate possible illegal contact by oil and gas companies. There's something important missing, Stu. What is it? <laughs> I don't know, Glenn. What could it Gee, be? What could it be? Yeah. The uh, closing down of oil pipelines, uh, the closing down of drilling, the closing down of, of uh, gas and oil. I don't know. The supply side. Oh, yeah. 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 the that, that, <laughs> that. Mm-hmm. All right. I I want to um, it's important that, you know, the facts so you can tell your friends because that's the garbage they're getting if they're reading the mainstream media. And something has changed recently. It feels to me like the mainstream media has completely doubled down when when Canada can say no bail and possibly a 10 year charge for the woman who helped um, organize the trucker. Uh, convoy. You mean commissioned mischief? Is yeah, that what commissioned you're trying to mischief. Say? She's charged with commissioning uh, or encouraging mischief. Uh, and that apparently is a 10 year prison sentence. No bail for her. But the, the Antifa member that took his car and ran it into people at the truckers' uh, site that wanted to kill people, he's out on bail. He's out on bail. Hmm. And he might face 10 months. Things are changing, and they're changing rapidly. Now, I've told you before about the World Economic Forum, the Great Reset, but there was something called the Great Narrative. And they asked writers from all over the world to come to Dubai and write the Great Narrative. Well, it is out now. And uh, one of the writers on Substack has, has reviewed it and it's so concise i just i want to read it here in recognizing the end of covid mania the great narrative is attempting to remind to keep us on the edge it's a grand call to take sweeping action to fight the climate emergency via klaus schwab's credentialed elite it relentlessly hammers home the apparent necessity of taking dramatic Tyrannical measures to uh, intervene in the climate. And by intervening in the climate, he means radically reorienting every nation on earth by imposing a totalitarian global governance order. I'm telling you, people, this is coming and it's coming faster than you can imagine. According to Schwab, the world must rapidly be transformed according to the designs of the technocratic elite. And we must adopt the ideas and policy preferences of 50 handpicked narrators interviewed for his book, who he describes as global thinkers and public intellectuals. Schwab describes the great narrative as a book that goes beyond the realm of theory and serves as a call to action. We quoting, we adopt the view that as they recover from the pandemic and embark on a path to radical and accelerated change, radical and accelerated change, our societies and economies should be attuned to the needs of our global commons. He entertains a variety of ideologies and political perspectives. There is one group of people who are to be dismissed whole cloth. That group is. ...is individuals and groups that don't buy into the climate narrative. Schwab cannot hide his disdain for for these rogue actors, who he notes, with disgust, are largely located in the United States. According to Schwab, the enemies of his New World Order include nationalists, populists, individualists, and those who support free markets... This is the guy who's bringing you the great reset. Schwab describes uh, this cohort of supposed evildoers as conspiracy theorists who are responsible for all the world's ills. These individuals prop up, quote, anti-science movements that prolong the waning of covid-19 pandemic. He writes, adding that his group is, quote, this group is hindering both public health and more fundamentally our ability to move forward in unison. End quote. Nudge, shove, shoot. Uh, He says um, uh, the eye needs to be kept on the prize and there is no time to waste climate action, quoting sustainability, inclusivity, Uh, Global cooperation, health and well-being are the most important issues to address in our times. Quote, not moving right away and decisively would render our biosphere so hostile as to derail global economic growth and further endangering political and social stability. One page after another, the World Economic Forum chief showcases the climate agenda climate change is the quote greatest collective action problem we've ever been confronted with humanity has never faced an en- endeavor more complex ambitious and far reaching than arresting the collapse of our ecosystem and stabilizing the climate end quote klaus also shows off his unbelievable god complex as he frequently reminds the reader of his impaired apparent unlimited technocratic faculties he routinely reveals that he believes his group of colleagues have deity-like powers and that once they unite their overall expertise these technocrats once in charge of all of us can bring about unprecedented happiness and order he considers quote inequality particularly on the financial side it is of the utmost importance But rather than create opportunity for the masses, he prefers a system of state control, which would, in his view, quote, reduce demonstrations and local unrest. Schwab and his co-author advocate for a new social contract and propose a variety of solutions that will help bring the climate agenda forward. He advocates for the consolidation of global central banks around climate action, acknowledging this transition period may be brutal to some. They advocate for the harnessing of economic productivity through nature-based solutions. They discuss the advent of the bioeconomy or targeted destruction of reliable energy, while forcing people to eat alternate food protein sources, i.e., Beans and bugs. Another solution is that of climate engineering. I am not making this up, such as blocking out the sun in an attempt to manipulate global temperatures. Klaus Schwab or Montgomery Burns? I uh, I know. Um, this is the great narrative. This is the great reset. If you don't know about it, please get my book the great reset it is available should be on bookshelves what's the date today 20th 22nd 23rd 23rd should be on bookshelves again this week if not next week uh amazon is taking orders again so you can order it and get it shipped to your house you can also get the uh, audiobook wherever you get your audiobooks but please
1: Pass this information on to people yeah audio and Kindle are available and also um, you can get the first chapter for free if you go to glennsnewbook.com um, okay. so if you want to get started that kind of paints the picture as to what the outcomes could be yeah w- when all this stuff goes through what the world looks like if all of this stuff happens uh, and it gives you a, 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 it, it sets the table pretty well for all the information that follows it make
0: no mistake this is not capitalism Make no mistake. Why would banks be fighting so hard to keep ESG if it wasn't ever going to be mandated by them? Why, when states are starting to mount a defense against this and saying you cannot use ESG to make any loans? You can use, you know, any kind of metrics you want when it comes to finances. What is their job? How much money they make it? But you cannot look at their social score. And banks are saying, we're not going to. You've got to stop this regulation. Why? It's telling you you can do business as usual. It's telling you also you can't use this. If you're not going to use it, why are you fighting it so hard? Why? 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 This is not capitalism. This is to destroy the free market. You're seeing the beginning in an emergency order in Canada. It can happen overnight. Call your legislature, get involved in your zoning, get on your city council. Make sure ESG scores are out of your town and out of your state. It is the only way to fight it. Back in a minute. A lot of good reasons to, uh, gosh, I, you know. Let's see. We're tonight. We're taking on the CIA and showing uh, uh, somebody that really nobody wants to hear. Uh, so we're pissing them off. The big banks, uh, the World Economic Forum, all the governments. Boy, I I am mighty popular. <laughs> mighty popular. Uh, Lifelock is our sponsor right now. Oh, let's go after cyber criminals and hackers. <laughs> uh, some cyber criminals are uh, stealing your personal information, not the least of which is how much of a hassle it can be to try to piece together your identity and bank accounts once they've been hacked. Cyber crime always sounds like something that happens to other people until the day it happens to you. That's why it is smart to be prepared in advance. We risk our information online every day. And that is is what LifeLock is there for. LifeLock. They can't catch everything nobody can. But they can monitor things better than you can on your own or, I think, anybody else in the business. And if you do become a victim, their restoration specialists can work with you to help fix the problem quickly. Join now. LifeLock by Norton. Join and save the first year 25%. Use the promo code BECK and get that 25% discount. 1 800 LIFELOCK. 1 800 LIFELOCK or go to LIFELOCK.com. That's LIFELOCK.com. Use the promo code BECK to save 25%. 1 800 LIFELOCK or LIFELOCK.com.
1: This is the Glenn BACK program.
0: All righty. So let's take on Putin now. Uh, Putin about is. About time. It's I know. It's been almost right? an hour. I know.
1: <laughs> let's make another enemy.
0: Uh, well, I want to take on two things. First of all, this is driving me out of my mind that the media is now saying Donald Trump just loves Vladimir Putin. He said he was a genius. Ugh. Yeah, I think he is a genius. Let me, let me say this. Let me say this. I've said before, I think the Great Reset will be studied for, for decades afterwards. In a hundred years from now, they will look back and go, that was genius. I admire it because it's so genius. It's so complex and so well executed. I admire it. I think it's evil, but I think it's genius. Donald Trump is not saying, yeah, I'm glad he took it. He's saying, look at what he's done. Look at what he has done. He has just taken two of these by walking in and saying, I'm a peacemaker. He's flipped the tables. I can't take it anymore. Larry O'Donnell said yesterday at Twitter, what would make uh, Rush, uh, the Russian uh, oligarch Putin smart? His weak education? Oh,
1: Oh,
0: man. Ouch. Colleagues and Russian experts who challenge his thinking. yeah. Or has he had any valuable learning experiences anywhere else in the world? Oh, Oh, man. You see what he's saying? He's not an elite. He hasn't gone to the best finishing schools. <laughs> ah. I don't know. The KGB finishing school is yeah, pretty it impressive. Pretty fin- it has a definite finish. <laughs> yeah, hell, yeah. It. yeah, it does.
1: Uh, I'm so sick of this. Well, yeah. I mean, look, he's, he's using, he's strategically doing this. Now, look, he's, he's trying to justify an invasion, uh, but he's put himself in a position now that if his goal at the beginning of this was just to get these two regions, he's already done it. Yeah, it's not. I mean, it's not. No. And I think it's going to escalate from here. But if he wanted to just get a win here and embarrass the West, he could stop right now. I'm going to give you a deeper look on Putin
0: and what is happening all around the world, including America. Uh, with a guy I've, I've talked to now for over a year, I think he's one of the only guys that truly gets what's going on over there and here in America. You want to understand what Putin is doing? uh, Learn Novo Russia. We'll explain after the news at the top of the hour.
2: This is the Glenn Beck
0: program. Okay, let me tell you about American financing. Uh, American financing, you need to start focusing on your debt. Shore up all of your financing save money wherever you can cut costs wherever you can uh there's lots of things that you need to do we'll do a show on this probably early next week but call american financing do this first see if you can save money on your mortgage or you can refile your credit cards cut your credit cards up and pay them off if you can't do it you know because you're short on money look at your mortgage can you flip that and do a refi and throw your credit cards in there as well. you got to get those adjustable uh, interest rates off your back. Call American Financing now, 800-906-2440, AmericanFinancing.net. and welcome to the Glenn Beck Program. Today, at the 9 p.m. hour uh, on Blaze TV, the Wednesday night special is taking on the CIA. Is the CIA... Were we trying to cover our tracks for what the CIA was doing and knew all about at the Wuhan labs? Who was funding... EcoHealth, Peter Dazak. We've told you and shown you the basic receipts for the money that has been exchanging hands, but now we have an insider from EcoHealth who says he can tell you exactly what was going on and it involves the CIA. Tonight you will see him live uh, and we have pushback from EcoHealth. They they immediately responded. They didn't the last show we did, but this one, they were quick to respond saying, no, 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 nothing to see here. You decide tonight at 9 p.m. Right now, I'm gonna take you and give you an understanding of Putin, of Russia, and warn you what's happening in our own country as well with a guy who I think is spot on and has done his homework on a very difficult topic. The fourth political theory. Alexander Dugan. We start with Putin's speech. What is he really after? In 60 seconds. I think we can all agree that the public education system in this country has gone completely off the rails. Even when school boards and teachers aren't trying to wedge woke ideology into your children's heads and drive a wedge between you and your children, uh, they are still operating in an outdated and reductive way. Working to shape our children into a single uniform type of person rather than giving them the freedom to discover their own interest and develop their abilities in different ways. We really need to take charge of our kids' um, education. John Taylor Gatto wrote in his, uh, uh, in his work The American Education, uh, and the Tuttle Twins books present it in Tuttle Twins and the Education Vacation. Your kids will follow the Tuttle Twins through their own realization of how much... Broader and better education in this country can be, and your kids will actually love this book and all the others in the series. Tuttle Twins. They're having a President's Day sale. It includes all 12 kids' books, all the activity workbooks, plus a free copy of 10 important facts about the Declaration of Independence. Go to TuttleTwinsBeck.com. Get a big discount and the bonuses today. TuttleTwinsBeck.com. Benjamin Teitelbaum. He is the author of War for Eternity. He is also associate professor at the University of Colorado Boulder. Normally, I would say warning uh, just from (laughs) just from the book and that he's a professor at the University of Colorado Boulder. However, I've talked to Benjamin uh, several times over the last I think it's the last year. Maybe it's been longer than that. Um, he is watching something and very concerned about something that i am concerned about and that is the influence of traditionalism as really defined by alexander dugan a very very dangerous guy who is actually calling for armageddon he is actually believes that that's the thing that's going to solve all of our problems and i guess in a way he's right but uh I don't think the way he's trying to pull it together, uh, Benjamin. Can I call you Ben or Benjamin? Ben, please. Glenn. Okay. It's a pleasure to be with you this morning. Thank you very much. I know we've talked about doing this show for a long time, uh, and we may have to cut this into two shows, and then maybe even a podcast as well. Um, but I, I want you to let's start with Putin's speech and what he said uh, that. Well, I think only a few people really can pick up on that know what Ale- who Alexander Dugan is and what his plan is. So tell me what we learned from Putin's speech.
3: If you listen and, and good morning again, Glenn, it's a pleasure to be with you. If you, you. listen to that whole speech, you could come away from it thinking that this is all about kind of dry policy decision making on his part. He spends a lot of time talking about the economy of Ukraine a lot of time talking about the, the history of the soviet union the communist party some of the policy decisions that he thinks that they made wrong and need to be corrected but at the very beginning of that speech he said something almost in passing that yes would i think uh, go by unnoticed for for a lot of listeners and then he's he said that ukrainians and russians have a spiritual bond mm-hmm. between the two of them and, and that that tells me, and it should tell a lot of observers, that Putin is thinking in two ways, and he's motivating himself in two ways. There is this, again, this dry, almost um, technical policy-based discussion and motivation he's trying to, to push to the Russian people to say, well, we have to do this because NATO is going to come to our borders. Ukraine perhaps has nuclear ambitions. We have to deal with that. The other, the other piece, though is that Russia has a sort of spiritual mandate to collect its lost children and to unite itself with the populations around the world that are its natural kin. Um, that That is what what stands out to me as I hear this, and that is what also makes this particular situation that we're dealing with today actually about something far much bigger and much more intractable
0: i would say as well okay so let's talk about dugan and just define traditionalism this is something that if you if you read the uh uh, fourth political theory um it there are times that you will read it and go yeah i kind of agree with that um because i think this is what brexit about is about i think this is what uh, some canadians feel i think this is what some americans all over the world People are feeling like, hey, you know, I'm French and, you know, I think France is pretty great and I'd like to be French. And I'm not embarrassed about France. Same thing with Brexit. They want to be British. It's this feeling that we are being told that our traditions and our uh, country is not good, not uh, doesn't have anything special about it. And people are pushing back on that. All of our traditions are are being threatened. That part yeah. of his definition of traditionalism is is, I think, something that connects uh, with people all around the world. But that's not what it means. Correct.
3: Yeah, that's just a small piece of it. And, and sometimes, you know, when we're exploring ideas, it details Matter. Yeah, you, you can have you can have a, a sort of a doctrine that that is appealing in a lot of senses, but a small detail can turn into something sinister. So, when when Putin is referring to the spiritual uh, mandates of of Russia, that connects him with a prominent Russian philosopher, kind of a mysterious mandate, and a political operative named Alexander Dugin. He has associated himself with a philosophy called traditionalism or the traditional school. It asserts that time does not move in linear fashion, that is to say we're not necessarily progressing forward in a, in a clear direction, but instead it moves in cycles, and most of the time uh, society is degrading, save for one moment when there's a, an apocalyptic explosion and destruction of the social world and we are reborn into a golden age. It's that last piece, Glenn, that is that is so so key here because when you look at at history in the way that that these traditionalists do, there can be justification for Armageddon, as you put it, for destruction, mass
0: destruction. chaos, just total and, and complete yeah. chaos. Yes,
3: as as a a, a a sort of prelude to a golden age, a utopia that we're going to be reborn into. That's that's one of the distinguishing features. That is what is paired with this. I'd say it's small T traditionalism that you were you were referring to earlier. People wanting to, to, to preserve and, and conserve uh, values and identities that matter to them. This, this apocalyptic aspect of, of the ideology is what is distinguishing this, this way of thinking.
0: I, I will tell you that um, uh, Ben and I have talked off the air and I've wanted to do this show for a while, but I have waited until I think people are in the right Uh, frame of mind to understand it i think this is one of the most critical things that we can learn about especially those of us on the right because this is how you will know if there is a troublemaker in your midst Um, because a lot of people will hear some of this stuff and go yeah that's me too uh, but that's not what they mean, and they have a different vision of the future so it's you please listen to what we're talking about here um it goes way beyond uh Russia but let me stay in russia for just a just a couple of more minutes um what is novo russia
3: novo russia this would be the this was this is Dugin's. Uh, way of describing these Eastern territories in Ukraine um, that are breaking off apparently and have been recognized as independent states, people's republics by Putin. Um, Dugan has been referring to them as new Russia uh, as a new expansion. And and Putin in the past has borrowed that language from this, this renegade philosopher that I've been speaking to you about. He used Uh,
0: that. I mean, Crimea was really a Dugan plan, wasn't it? Absolutely.
3: I mean, it was it was one small piece of a Dugan plan. Right. Um, I, I can to catch your listeners up. Dugan, after the fall of the Soviet Union, uh, this this philosopher, after the Soviet Union fell apart, he wanted to see not the revival of communism and the communist state, but a Russian nationalism that would expand almost to the to the exact boundaries of the former Soviet Union, but do so not carrying this secular ideology, but instead a, 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 a really fanatical Russian nationalism and federalism. And all of those states that started to move out of the Russian sphere, Georgia, the Baltics, uh, Ukraine, all of those in his mind were targets to be brought back in. And it was imperative that Russia do it forcefully, decisively, to establish a boundary for American and liberal democratic uh, ideology in the world. Um, It was important for him to set a boundary there to show that liberalism, that uh, democracy, lowercase L liberalism uh, was not the fate of the whole world. But in fact, those, those territories needed to imagine a different future for themselves, a future that returned in his mind to their roots rather than looked forward to a a different future.
0: And it is the same kind of thing in a way that, 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 Hitler used faith of people. He used all different faiths. It wasn't just Christianity. He destroyed those faiths as he went in. But Dugan is using faith and that's why that spiritual element because the Ukraine plays a very important part for Eastern Orthodox uh, Christianity, right? It is the spiritual uh, I don't know uh, center for that, isn't it?
3: It, It's one of them for sure. It, it's, it's also a sort of mythological center for the, the origins of the Russian ethnicity and state as well. Which yeah. is even
0: worse because that, that's exactly what Hitler was doing with all of the other <laughs> religions. He was, tying, he was just tying all these myths together.
3: Yes, Chris, Chris, you know, you look at the union of religion and nationalism and, and then you start to find yourself in a place where your state acts as though it has a divine mandate, and that is a dangerous place to be. It's 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 not surprising, and won't perhaps surprise your listeners given what we're saying here, that one of Dugan's ideal states in the world today is Iran, because there you have a union of state power with religious authority. And the ability uh, really the justification for anyone in that state to question the actions of the government is is shackled because uh, if you do that you are questioning a religious authority that's not allowed to be questioned so this is all uh all this goes to to a a celebration of authoritarianism in, in, in a way to equip uh the power of the state or or a demagogue uh, with greater cultural in addition to to military and economic and political power
0: all right i want to talk about the uh fourth political theory if you can define what it is i also want to do one more thing a stop on on uh putin does he is he the lunar putin or the solar putin which we'll understand what is his real game here uh and then i want to bring it home to america which is extraordinarily important uh, for all Americans, but especially those on the right. And we'll give you that information here in just a second. First, let me tell you about relief factor. Julie wrote in about her husband's experience with relief factor. She said, I ordered relief factor for my husband and I couldn't be happier. He hasn't had the stiffness and pain in his lower back that he suffered for years. I'm only sorry I didn't order it sooner. What a great product. Thank you, Relief Factor. Relief Factor was created by doctors to help your body reduce inflammation as a major source of most pain. And it's got four key ingredients that all work together with your body as it fights against the effects of aging, exercise, and everyday living. I take Relief Factor every day, three times a day, because it works for me. It works for about 70% of the people. I should say 70% of the people who try Relief Factor go on to order more month after month. I ain't taking it because I like it. I'm taking it because it works for me. Go to relieffactor.com. Call 1-800-4-RELIEF, the number four relief. Get the 1995 three-week quick start. Try it for three weeks to see if it works for you. Um, It's relieffactor.com, 800, the number four relief. Relief Factor. Feel the difference. 10 seconds, station ID. we are uh with Benjamin Teitelbaum, the author of War for Eternity um he is a guy who i have talked to several times there are really i think there's about 3 of us ben that are that are watching and understand what the importance of Alexander Dugan um and uh it's it's a little frightening everybody i talk to i think there's one other guy that i know that uh we all look okay, at each right. other. and Goes, why, why aren't people paying attention to this? It's so important. Right. Um, right. What is what is the fourth political theory?
3: So yeah, this is a challenge, Glenn, to explain. I know. Of I first, know. Time, but if if uh, the the when Alexander Dugan speaks about a fourth political theory, he's speaking about an alternative to the other three. Made Western ideologies that that fought throughout the last century. Uh, that is to say, liberalism, being one, lowercase L. It's it's you know when Americans hear liberalism, we think Democratic Party, but no. we're really just talking about free market um, democracy, rights of individual, rule right. of law, um, and communism being a second one, and fascism being a third. Dugan's belief was was that communism and liberalism in World War II combined forces to kill the third political theory, fascism, and then uh, uh, liberalism, the first political theory, allowed communism to die of old age, essentially with the with the Soviet Union. But Dugan wants to see an alternative to all all of these, uh, one that you might say fuses elements of the second and the third of communism and fascism. Um, in his mind, uh, the danger of liberalism and the lower lowercase del liberal democratic world is is its rampant individualism, um, and its contempt for history, its its devotion to progress, and the belief that really our roots are something to be overcome and escaped, and also its will toward toward globalization and, and building larger larger and larger communities. What he wants to see is a world that is shrunken, basically, in its scope, um, and where the identity of your group or your tribe becomes the primary object of political activism. That is to say, not the individual, as in liberalism, not the class, as in communism, and not the race, per se, as in fascism, but a slightly, let's say, related concept, which is the, the ethnos, or the or a small community, or the tribe, to see a society that works on preserving those differences, that's, that's what a, a fourth political theory should be doing. And it should be, in his mind, opposed to progress, opposed to development, and, and certainly opposed to any, any larger state like the United States uh, operating on the global sphere.
0: So you can hear that and say, wow, I see pieces of that from both the right and the left Um, and, uh, I, you know, I, I see a new world order being shaped like that, except he wants to destroy anything global. Um, he also wants to destroy the United States and I think there are some others that would like to do that and they are using some of those tactics. So, Mm
3: -hmm. um, he sees the United States, any pathway towards Toward realizing this goal has to, in his mind, go through the destruction of the United States, um, and at least, at least, if U.S. global hegemonic power, occasionally he'll say that if the United States were 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 firmly contained within uh, within its own borders and its ideals never, never spread anyplace else throughout the world, then perhaps we could coexist. But it's about it's about containing
0: U.S. power. Okay, 45 seconds before the break, tell me is he is Putin operating do you think in in um, Ukraine more under that or on just a you know quick business capitalist I just want money and I'm going to get those ports
3: I tell you I think the way that he has been speaking recently makes it seem like the business-like uh, estimation of, of Ukraine is is more of a facade an excuse to do what he wants to do which is expand this Russian state.
0: okay. Good. That's good news. Now we're going to turn to America. Really important that you listen with an open mind on this. Next.
1: The Glenn Beck program.
0: Uh, I have vehicles that, you know, trucks on my farm that I will drive and drive and drive. I don't care what they look like. I don't care if the doors literally fall off. Uh, Really don't. Um, I just want the engine to work and I want to be able to put stuff in the back and haul it from one place to another. The upshot is this from time to time. I have to get them repaired. And that's why I have car shield to cover the cost of those repairs. Whether your car has 5000 or 150,000 miles on it, car shield has a monthly covered option, a coverage option for all budgets. Uh, And I mean, locked in options, you're not going to pay more later on because of inflation. Um, You can get your car fixed They make it easy to get your car fixed You get rental car options As well as roadside assistance and trip reimbursement All at no extra cost They have helped millions of drivers Including me In one repair, I think it was $6,000 And I honestly, I would have said Don't fix that When I got there and it was fixed And they said it was $6,000 I said, what? You should have called me They said, we called CarShield, it was covered Oh yeah, I knew that, of course carshield.com slash back 800-391-8888 carshield.com slash back. I don't come to this segment lightly, and this segment is really for adults, and I'm probably going to have to have Ben on again uh, to go through all of this. But I, just as the, in the way I say that the Great Reset has nothing to do with capitalism, it is set out to destroy capitalism. Um, you, They use the word capitalism, stakeholder capitalism. That is a ruse. That is to get people who are not paying attention or haven't done deep work on what stakeholder capitalism is to just go along with it and think, oh yeah, they're like me. Um, But they're not. Um, Today, there's a big thing in the news that Donald Trump loves Putin. He's just, he just said he was a genius. Well, I have to tell you, I think he is too. As a chess player, I think he is a genius and I, That is the way Donald Trump sees uh, Putin. I know. I've talked to him off air about it. He believes he is a genius chess player. And he is working the system and he knows how to work things. That doesn't mean you love him or you're rooting for him. You're seeing the game being played. So there is admiration and there's love. There is a traditionalism that when I say that word, 99.999% of this audience has in their mind what I always had, lowercase traditionalism, and then there is uppercase traditionalism. Donald Trump, I don't believe, knows anything about traditionalism. But one of his former advisors and a guy that uh, Trump kicked out, Steve Bannon, knows Everything about it. Uh, I've talked to Ben uh, Teitelbaum several times about Steve Bannon and about uh, uppercase traditionalism, which comes from this crazy guy in Russia. And it's very confusing. Most people don't know it. They'll hear Bannon talk about traditional values, et cetera, et cetera, and they will associate it with something else he is an uppercase traditionalism. Ben uh, Teitelbaum is uh, with us now. He wrote the book, The War for Eternity. Um, Welcome back, Ben. Pleasure to be with you, Glenn. Do I have that right, what I just said?
3: Absolutely. I I think if, if some of the ideas that we're talking about, people would be Excused, I think, for associating them with with much more familiar, let's say, conservative right wing values in the U.S. Correct. Smaller government. Um, uh, let's let's say a, a new opposition to internationalism and international interventionism.
0: Even the Tenth Amendment could be um, a traditional okay. value that tr- uppercase traditionalists would would be for break it up into a smaller group. Yes. Right you have to imagine it instead to see to
3: see what is distinct about these ideas that we're, we're focusing on here. Glenn. You have to imagine all of those principles driven to an extreme that you never imagined. Mm -hmm. Um, you have, you have to think about, yeah, not just States rights, but perhaps even breaking up States into smaller groups and completely eliminating the federal government altogether. Um, having no coordination between different parts of the United States, um, Having absolutely no international presence whatsoever, taking no thought for for our position in the world, that's where we are. And the distinction—it might seem like it's just a matter of degree—but some some of these differences, some of these details, are are so important that we're speaking about an entirely different animal altogether.
0: Yeah, because again, your book is called War for Eternity, and this is played on a spiritual level, and. He actually calls for the end of the world as we know it. I mean, I don't think there's much difference between um, his philosophy and the philosophy of those who call themselves twelvers that believe that they can hasten the return of the promised one by creating chaos.
3: Yes. Yes. It, it it really is. There's not a, there's not much of a, a difference between the two of them. There, uh, they're 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 quite close, and it's in this instance we're talking about someone who we're talking about figures who have power, um, who uh, are are so foreign to our ways of thinking that we might not recognize it. I mean, correct, Glenn. When I came on your show this morning, you're saying you have a conservative audience. I'm coming from the University of Colorado Boulder. There's got to be so many differences between us but it you realize how much we probably share with each other oh yeah you see an ideology
0: hey ben do you like do you like the bill of rights yes so do i good let's move on i mean that's really our political uh, our political um unum if if you will fight for my freedom of speech i'll fight for your freedom of speech we're good everything else is is secondary to that And I think we better get to that union pretty quickly here.
3: And I'm sure that we, even if we look at it in slightly different ways, we also believe in the rights and the dignity of the individual.
0: Yes. Do
3: you know, it might be thought of differently, but that, that simple principle that can seem kind of boring, I think in our conversation uh, because we all actually agree on it, that is contested by people with a lot of power and, and, and they also, some of these figures do not believe that our idea can exist in the world on its own. They see it as a sort of parasite that if it exists here, it will potentially spread everywhere. And therefore, it has to be contained and fought back um, on all possible fronts. That is what we are potentially dealing with um, in, in Russia, especially if, we're, if we have a, a less businesslike and a more ideological
0: Putin at the helm. Tell me a little bit about the fourth political theory. Um, he he talks about modernity, and really the he wants to take us back to a time before we were modern. What does that mean?
3: That means a time when we did not necessarily look to the future as 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 a way to improve our lives, in and, and, and really that improvement of society was not in itself uh, a, a self-evident value um, looks to a time when we would not uh, uh, value the, the contributions of the individual, um, value free and rational thinking, um, not value democracy as, as, a, as a, a potentially a new political model that could and, and ought to shape the societies that we live in. Um, all of those features, also not think globally, not think about our relationships um, with with others, and not also, and this is key, I think, for a lot of Christians. Not think about universality of values. Uh, one of the messages of Christianity, of course, has been the the universal um, salvation for humanity. Um, that that. God's salvation is equally available and equally relevant to all human beings on this planet. That's that's underlying the evangelical impulse, of course. Um, that, in, in the eyes of these traditionalists, is an inherently modern intrusion or uh, element or seed in Christianity that has to be resisted, and that we need instead to be uh, closing ourselves off, not thinking globally, not thinking universally, not thinking individualistically or in terms of, of progress at all. That's, that's modernity uh, to these thinkers and what, what needs to be fought against.
0: When, when you said that the fourth political theory is something that really combines uh, the strengths of Nazism and communism, I'm trying to think what those strengths were beside totalitarianism, just brutal, live my way or else.
3: hmm we, I mean, we we see the, the overwhelming force of the state, but for for these thinkers, what, what the state tends to represent, it's not just some powerful despot. Instead, it is a manifestation of of the collective, and that uh, opposite the individual. Let's say that that your political life, your cultural, your social life needs to all be oriented around the collective, um, and whereas communism focused focused its efforts on on class communities on you know who how much material wealth you have or do not have in your relationship to production uh, for for the fourth political theory it is about religious slash cultural communities that's where everything needs to be oriented and there may not be uh, a a proper public consideration for individual will and divergence on an individual level so that's that's where we see these things fitting together
0: um, Ben, I would like to invite you back. I, we'll have to look at our schedules and see when we can do it. But, you know, as early as tomorrow, but next week, um, I would like you to show this in action because people will say, as I know, cause I've heard it, they don't, he's, this is a crazy crackpot theory from a guy in Russia, yada, yada. It is, it is global and f- financially sound and, It infects all kinds of movements um, all over the world that are legitimate. People saying, you know, I want to be English. I don't hate Europe. I just I want to be English and I'll be part of Europe. And it infects those uh, movements. And uh, the media has it all wrong. They're just they're demonizing everybody. And they don't know which are the good guys and which are the bad guys. So. Can you come back and show it in action, abroad and here?
3: Absolutely, absolutely. I would, I would be happy to, Glenn. It's, it's a part of the reason of the challenge of this topic is that we have to ask viewers to, to hold a couple ideas in their heads at the same time. I know your viewers can do that. I'm very, very sorry that the mainstream media doesn't always allow that, but we have to see room for criticism of of globalism and for let's say american expansionism with our military and the fact that uh completely closing ourselves off and and regressing is not a good idea
0: yeah and i think it's also i I think the bigger hurdle for our audience may be uh capital t and lower t traditionalism that's where i think most people will get confused um because Mm -hmm. it plays right in i mean i know i have read the book and the first few pages i because i knew who he was i was letting myself experience it as a reader and noticing when i was going yeah i agree with that yeah i agree with that but it's not what he means it (laughs) to be uh and that's the secret so ben thank you very much It's a pleasure, Glenn. We'll talk again soon. Benjamin Teitelbaum, the author of War for Eternity. We appreciate him coming on and being as diligent in his work as he has been. God bless. Back in just a second. It's important to realize that change for the better starts with you. What are you going to do today to help make this country a better place? What are you going to do to fight against the tyranny of the left? Can you fight it in big ways? Or can you just fight it in small ways, in your ways? For instance, if I told you that you could do something today that would not only help in the fight against leftism, but would also save you money at the same time, what would stop you from doing it? Because I can't think of a thing. Patriot Mobile. This sends a message to big tech, big mobile companies. Can you hear us now? They have taken us for granted and they despise us, quite honestly. So why are we doing business with them when we have a phone company uh, that will provide all of the service for you, the same service, because they're on the same cell towers? They'll give you better customer service at a better price, and they're fighting with you, not against you. Switch today. Let them hear your voice PatriotMobile.com slash Beck. PatriotMobile.com slash Beck or call 972-PATRIOT. 972-PATRIOT or PatriotMobile.com slash Beck.
1: Stay informed. Sign up for the free newsletter today at GlennBeck.com.
0: Welcome to the Glenn Beck program. Uh, Don't listen to any, any of these obnoxious and ridiculous charges uh, that everyone from the New York Times, all of the left wing media is now saying about Donald Trump. I, I mean, I really honestly, I feel sorry for those who watch the mainstream media and get their news solely from them. I really do. They are going to be so shocked When all of this stuff happens and they won't know why they don't know why gas prices are going up. They think it's because of Russia. No, that has a part to do with it. But the bigger part is the policies of this administration that shut everything down on day one.
1: Yeah, not to mention a told. uh, I mean, think, uh, gosh, look at all the stuff they're accusing of with the Russia thing, for example. Oh, well, Russia, you know, he's he was calling him a genius. I mean, you read, you read, you look at this in context and it's, it's like how I would talk about Tom Brady, right? Like, yeah, he's, yeah, he's really, he's the greatest quarterback of all time. I can't stand him, but he's the greatest quarterback. Like you, there's a grudging respect for the way he's plays chess, as you pointed it out. Um, th- I don't
0: think Donald Trump has a begrudging respect for Putin as a player. He looks at Putin and is like, that guy gets it done. I don't agree with him and he wouldn't have gotten it done if I were playing against him,
1: but he's a great player of the game. Yeah, uh, you know, that's how you would look at someone you give them you have to there has to be a level of respect you give an adversary. That if you don't understand that they're good at playing this game, you wind up playing it like Joe Biden is playing it. Exactly Remember, right. Biden's stance here was he doesn't want me to be president. Putin doesn't want me to be president because he knows I'll go toe to toe with him. That's that's what he tweeted. I know. And you know, and nothing was, could be further from the truth. He was thrilled yeah. to see Joe Biden elected. Yeah. I mean, come on. It's, and it, it's it's, it's it, there is no respect for Biden
0: from Putin. Putin does not no. look at Biden and go, oh, that's a tough adversary. He knows the game it's we're a playing. Joke. It's a total joke. And, 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 it, and that total joke is partly because no one seemingly in the administration or on the left
1: understands how good Putin is at this game. And let's not forget that Joe Biden went on national television and told Vladimir Putin and the world. That if a minor incursion would probably cause a lot of division within NATO and we might probably wouldn't do anything about it. I mean, yes, they backed off on it later on. But this is a typical Joe Biden gaffe to just blurt out what he's been talking about in his private meetings. They all probably knew this was reality. He blurted it out and allowed all this to happen. So if Putin stops right here, what are they going to do about it? The answer is nothing.
0: I can guarantee you, probably not going to stop. I can guarantee you that no one in the Biden administration knows anything about what we talked about, what you now know about uh, Putin and Alexander Dugan. They don't know anything about it. Mm. Mm.
2: This is the Glenback program.,
0: uh, let me tell you about uh, Z Um last couple of years should have taught us that we really need to take care of ourselves. We, we really need to be in shape and work on our immune system and just and take care of yourself. Um, I would like to talk to you about Z-Stack. It is a uh, supplement that includes zinc, quercetin, vitamin C, vitamin D. I've been taking that now for a while, ever since I had um, COVID the last time. Uh, uh, Vladimir uh, Zelenko World famous doctor Guy who really Helped Trump out when he first got uh, COVID he was my doctor On this and he's been developing This and you know giving people A recipe you know go and get all these vitamins And everything else he's just decided To put it into one pill You can take every day Z Slash back I take it Every day z slash back Uh, do it now get a discount off your first order back in a minute
1: Here is the fusion of entertainment and enlightenment. This is the Glenback program.
0: I read an article a couple of days ago about the social credit system arriving in Canada, and can we stop it here? I read the article and then I looked at the byline, and I am thrilled to say he is joining us here in just a minute. Somebody who knows somebody with some real credibility on what social credit, uh, what social credit scores can do to the average person, and how it can come here quickly. His name is David Sachs. He's the founding COO of PayPal. He joins me in sixty seconds. If you had uh, a chance to save hundreds of dollars a month, thousand dollars a month, maybe tens of thousands over the life of your mortgage, would that be a good thing? Answer is, of course it would be. It'll take you 10 minutes to see if you can save money like that. Uh, And you should be saving money anywhere you can. Inflation, bad, really bad. If you think this is bad, we ain't seen nothing yet. Really bad, inflation is coming and we're gonna need to save every dime and every dollar. Uh, So why are you paying more on your interest rate than you should? God help you if you have an adjustable mortgage. Get out of that now. Also, if you have high interest credit cards, those high interest rates are they are going to go up and it's going to be harder and harder for people to get credit. Please take 10 minutes out of your day-to-day and call American Financing. They can help see if they can save you money and put you into a mortgage or a consolidation loan that's right for you. They work for you, not the big banks. It's AmericanFinancing.net. AmericanFinancing.net, 800-906-2440. They're waiting for your call now, 800-906-2440. American Financing, NMLS, one www.nmlsconsumeraccess.org. David Sachs, it is a, an honor and a privilege to have you on the program. Thank you, sir.
4: Yeah, great to be here. Thanks, Glenn.
0: Um, So let's let's talk a little bit about um, uh, the social credit system. People, I think, see this in Canada. I I don't know how people aren't all up in arms on what's going on, um, but they may still think that that well, that can't happen here. Can we talk about right. what's happening? You're right.
4: Well, it's already it's already happening here. Uh, you know, last year I wrote this piece for Barry Weiss about. Uh, that financial platform would be the next wave of online censorship. I mean, I was worrying about this last year because PayPal, that like I helped found, you know, but we sold many years ago. It's now under new management. Um, they are working with partisan left-wing groups like the ADL and the SPLC to define lists of individuals and groups who they deem to have, you know, extremist or unacceptable views, and they're denied access to uh, PayPal accounts. And there are other financial institutions who are following suit Uh, the collective effect of which is to shut people out of the financial system. And if you think it's bad to deny people the right to free speech and to participate in the online marketplace of ideas, how much worse is it to deny them access to the new economy, to the way that they can buy food and medicine and other products for their families? Uh, You know, it is really a a very severe form of punishment and social control. And, you know, that is what we're talking about. We talk about a social credit system, we're talking about a system that you know, sort of pretends to allow political dissent. It doesn't just send you to the gulag, but it conditions your ability to access the economy and the benefits of society. It conditions that on having the correct views, on having the acceptable views. And you know, what did Justin Trudeau do? He declared right out of the gate that these protesters had unacceptable views, and then he proceeded to uh, freeze their bank accounts, and to shut off anybody who might contribute to them.
0: That is really terrifying. The way the way he said, you know, we're gonna we're gonna shut down their accounts, we're gonna close the off ramps for Bitcoin, it's not only them, but it's anybody who donated to them or quote helped them. That's right. That's right.
4: Anybody 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 who was quote indirectly directly or indirectly involved in the protest was now subject to this this law in the, you know, this emergencies act that he invoked uh, without really proper uh, basis. And, you know, anyone who, you know, quote unquote, provided property to help facilitate the protests could now be swept up in the dragnet And so it's not just if you're, say, you know, one of the organizers uh, of, of the protest but if you're, you know, a little old grandma somewhere and you want to contribute $25 so that, you know, a trucker, really a poor destitute trucker can buy a hot meal or some fuel to keep themselves from freezing at night, if that's your intent of making that donation, you can still be swept up in this and you can have your bank account frozen. And one of the you know, incredible things about it is not just this unprecedented extension of eating and abetting liability, but also that it's retroactive. That, you know, grandma who made the contribution at the time she did, it, it was completely legal. And yet under this order, she can now have her account frozen as punishment. And so what, what is the point of this? It is to signal, and there's gonna be a chilling effect in the future, that even if you make a completely lawful donation to a political cause, if, that, if Justin Trudeau doesn't like that cause, if he thinks there are quote unquote unacceptable views, that he has the power, that he can invoke the power at some point in the future to freeze your bank account, even though what you did is legal today. That is the precedent they've created. And I think the result of that must be a chilling effect on political design.
0: Oh, big time. They're, there, um, you know, also including insurance companies. I mean, he took their license away, their license to do business, their trucks away, their insurance away, uh, and their, uh, their banking, having them debanked, and then said, even when this is over, banks might want to consider not doing uh, business with these people. So basically, I mean, they're lepers, Absolutely. Yes, absolutely. I mean, they're really creating a, a, a
4: case of, of, of untouchables there in Canada. I mean, like you said, they're, they're towing their trucks. They're confiscating them. The mayor of Ontario even said, let's sell off these trucks. We've seized them. Now, we'll sell them off. We're going to use them to pay our bills. Uh, they want to give these guys a criminal record so they can never work again. They've taken away their insurance. They've taken away the regulatory licenses. The, and then on top of that, because anybody who helps them, who contributes to them can themselves now be frozen. No one's going to want to help them.
0: So, so what they, what happens to those people, David? What happens to them? You cut people's you cut people's um, money off. You, you how do you survive? They're they're creating a
4: a, a group of destitute and desperate people, and, and you have to wonder for what. I mean the COVID pandemic is is on the way and it's at an end even as justin trudeau was invoking these emergency powers the you know a number of the provinces were ending COVID mandates they got the message he never got the message it's this extreme intolerance
0: you know Uh, i i have news for you though david i i don't you know even if it was waning i I mean i watched um uh, occupy wall street i was in new york during occupy wall street as long as you're not breaking the law or destroying property you you have a right to do that. I never said we should sweep those people up. That's craziness. That's craziness. And I should be even stronger on the people I disagree with. I should fight for their right more than my right. Because who will fight for mine?
4: Exactly. I mean, this is absolutely about the right of of people to be able to engage in, in speech and political expression and to have the right to protest against their government. And these were almost entirely peaceful protests. Um, there was no violence and yet Trudeau instantly denounced all the protesters as basically being terrorists, you know, uh, what well, uh, terrorists? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Which allowed them to apply these anti-terrorist laws to, you know, to freeze their bank accounts. The, the, the most extreme forms of, um, You know, the the most extreme powers that the government has, which is to act on terrorist threat, were thereby invoked to really go after these ordinary, you know, working class men and women.
0: We're talking to David Sachs. He's the founding CEO of PayPal, and he is warning about the coming social credit system. Uh, that is in Canada. And do we have time to stop it here? You know, one of the things, David, that I found um, even at, well, as shocking is the fact that there was a hacker who went in, hacked, took all of these names, doxed everybody, and the media published them and started humiliating them uh, and pilloring them in public.
4: <laughs> That's Right. And it it had real consequences. There was a owner of a gelato shop who was exposed as having made a small contribution to the protesters that they got so many threats, they had to shut down their shop. There was a low-level government employee who donated $100. She was fired from her job because of that. So there's been real reprisals based on that hack. And, you know, I'm old enough to remember when social media... Cited as the reason they wouldn't publish that they, that they would suppress the Hunter Biden stories for the election that it came right. from hacked material. Right? Where, where was that policy implemented today? Right. Um, you know this was this was illegally a, a obtained material, and the press just reported it.
0: So, David, you know I don't know if you're up on ESG, but that is that's what um, Trudeau has done without the emergency order. Um, if you fall out of line with e s or g uh you're going to be debanked um or you will start to uh feel the heat of the banking and uh financial and insurance system uh how far away from this system are we to have a a true credit score do you see this happening sooner rather than later and what do we do to stop it yeah
4: Well, this is my main concern is, you know, at the end of the day, I'm not a Canadian. And, you know, I watch with sadness of what's happening over there. But ultimately, it's going to be up to Canadians to govern themselves. What, What I'm mostly concerned about is the precedent that Trudeau has set that progressives here in America might look to and implement. And let's identify the elements, the ingredients of this toxic stew that already exists over here. First of all, you've got big tech companies like, you know, my alma mater, PayPal, have been freezing accounts based on, you know, working with partisan political groups to, you know, to shut people out of the financial system, that practice is already taking per- place. Second, you've got state of emergencies in States like California, where I live, where the governor is still operating under a state of emergency. He has invoked emergency powers that never seem to end, even though we just had a super bowl where 30,000 people were sitting, you know, elbow to elbow without any mass on and yet We're still in a state of emergency. Third we have recently, the Department of Homeland Security has now defined misinformation about COVID or the election to be a contributor to the terrorist threat level. So in other words, misinformation, in their view, can contribute to terrorism. So we have now all the ingredients where you have politicians invoking fake state of emergencies. You've got big tech companies shutting people out of the political system. And you've got this very scary and dangerous redefinition of terrorism to effectively apply to domestic political dissent. So you have all the ingredients there that Justin Trudeau was able to seize on. And all you're really lacking is the emergency necessary to invoke those powers. Um, So that is what I'm afraid of, is I see all the precedents coming together. Uh, But we have one thing in the United States that Canada doesn't have, which is a rich constitutional tradition. We have the protections under the Constitution. And so I'm I'm hopeful that our Supreme Court would protect us against... um, you know, an authoritarian attack on our liberties this way. However, there are many in our, you know, political system who want to pack the Supreme Court as it stands today. And, And what would happen if the Supreme Court were packed? They would water down these rights and liberties and protections that we have. I think this is an issue that supersedes all others. You know, any political candidate who would give support to packing the Supreme Court should be instantly rejected, I think, by everybody across the political spectrum. And furthermore, I would say, you know, uh, Biden has a SCOTUS pick coming up. The Republicans on the Senate Judiciary Committee should make this topic number one. What do they think about the use of these authoritarian powers, these fake state of emergencies? Let's hear from them. You know, I don't think Republicans are going to be able to stop the SCOTUS pick, but let's put them on the record and um, and discuss this issue. Are
0: there, are there any other people that uh, have this point of view that is, they're in your business, they're in tech? I mean, it feels like uh as the average person it feels like we are just up against this monolithic monster
4: yeah i mean glad it's uh it's rather scary i mean i'm definitely an outlier in the in the tech industry you know i've been involved in the tech industry for over 20 years uh first as a founder now as an investor And I can tell you that there are other people who do share to one degree or another my concerns about civil liberties. I mean, I think it does extend across the political spectrum. However, they definitely feel intimidated into silence. Um, They believe that there will be reprisals for speaking out. And so I would say I'm not alone in my views, but there are not too many people speaking out. and, And that's that's pretty scary.
0: not that you would care at this point, but have you have you paid a price for it?
4: Um, you know, not that, uh, not that I can tell. I mean, I would say, uh, I mean, I'm, I'm at it but, but here's the thing was I'm at a stage in my career yeah. where I don't have to worry about it. You know, yeah, um, if I never made another time, frankly, I'd be fine. So right. for me, speaking out is the most important thing. And, you know, if it costs me some business that I don't know about, then so be it, yeah. you know? Um, but so, but so, so, so far I've been, I've been fine. And, you know, what I'm trying to do, I've, I've participate on this podcast called The all in pod with a few friends in tech well, you know one of the main reasons why i've spoken out is to show people that you can speak out and uh, and they should have a little bit more courage in doing so um because i don't think the majority of people across you know across the political spectrum want to see our civil liberties eroded this way i think it is a bipartisan issue certainly for uh republicans independents and i'd say even many Democrats. But there is a hard political left, the, the sort of the progressive left that is driving all of this. And one of the reasons why they're successful at driving this is because moderates will not, they're too afraid to speak out and yeah. oppose it. Yeah. So I don't think they're a majority, but they are driving the agenda because no one will speak out against it. And it's really a very hypocritical agenda because I mean, these people, you look at Trudeau, his self-conception is completely at odds with the reality. I mean, he claims to be saving democracy, preserving democracy, even as he is invoking you know, authoritarian powers. He claims to be the defender of the little guy, of the working class and the disadvantaged, while you know crushing these you know, poor working class truck drivers under the sort of heel of, of his government. Yeah. Um, you know, they claim to be on the side of diversity and tolerance while— insisting that there's only one acceptable point of view and you know censoring all the alternatives as misinformation so you know these this, this hard progressive left is completely hypocritical um i don't think most people support it but they're kind of running unopposed right now because people are so afraid to speak out
0: david thank you for speaking out thank you for being on the program um i hope uh i hope we can have you on again god bless you and and all the things that you're doing right now David Sachs, founding COO of PayPal, founder and general partner of Kraft Ventures. If you see what he has invested in, uh, he is on the cutting edge. And God bless him for speaking out. Wait, he produced the movie Thank You for Smoking?
1: That's a great movie. How did we not talk to him about that? I
0: don't know. Hopefully we'll have him back on. All right. He's great. Let me tell you about our sponsor this half hour. It's Goldline. I've been telling you for years now that you need to invest some portion of your portfolio into precious metals. The company that I have trusted since really almost uh, after September 11th is Goldline. Uh, Goldline has an accumulation program now to help you. If you don't have an awful lot of money for as little as $200 a month, you can work toward building a secure hedge against the insanity in the market. This isn't something that you're investing, at least me. I don't invest in it because I'm like, oh, I'll be rich when it's $5,000 an ounce. I hope it's not because that means the world has gone insane but it does preserve what you do have. You're losing 10% on your money every single year right now with inflation. And it, I think it's going to get worse. Sign up for their exclusive accumulation program. When you do, uh, you can give yourself peace of mind. And they will give you one solid ounce of exclusive silver for free as a thank you. Let their monthly program work for you. It's a special offer, only available if you sign up now at goldline.com. Visit their website today. Find out how to enroll. Their exclusive silver bars are one of a kind, made for great incentive to keep on going in the program that will help you and your family. It's 866-GOLDLINE, 866-GOLDLINE or goldline.com. 10 seconds, station ID. <laughs> so uh wow, today has been a great uh program. Yeah. Uh, I mean I think we've done enough. I think we just call it a day. I think we and I I think the last half
1: hour just be dead air. Yeah.
0: Um uh today if you missed any of it, you've missed a ton. Uh, go back and get the podcast. We started with the uh, woman who the DOJ just came in and just Took all of their money as a family. Just took it all. Uh, her, her story of the last three years is incredible. And uh, it is happening all over the country. She'll tell you all about it. That's hour number one. Uh, hour number two of the podcast, we talked about Putin and what nobody knows. Uh, and some of his language that was embedded into that rambling speech tells experts exactly what they need to know and you learned all about that and of course this hour now yeah, just a bunch of insurmountable
1: problems I would just <laughs> highlighted a bunch of insurmountable life-changing society altering nah. impossible uphill climbs i'll give you some good news next oh really yeah, yeah
0: i'll give you some good news there, there's another half hour of the show you're going to put good news good in good it? News. Oh no, no, that was good, good news. That was okay, good news. On. I broke it early. Wow, great. <laughs> no, I actually have some good things coming <laughs> up. The blind back program. I, yeah, yeah, yeah. I have a sweet tooth, and uh, sometimes that, that little guy, you know, he thinks on his own. It's like some people think, you know, downstairs, and uh, others think with their sweet tooth, and that's one that controls me. I mean, look at me. Is there any question of that? Uh, you can be healthy and all that will Boring stuff uh, by eating low calorie, low carb, high protein, high fiber candy bars, mm-hmm. mm. candy bars. That's good news. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, it's not really a candy bar. They call it. Uh, they call it a protein bar because it's healthy for you and everything else, but it's made with real chocolate and they are delicious and they come in a variety of amazing flavors.
1: They've got some like ch- a chocolate orange one that's coming back out. Oh, really? The, it's I, coming back I, out. The, the rumor is it's coming out this week again. Oh, I love that one. You can't That's Everyone really seems good. to love it and I don't I don't chocolate orange wouldn't strike oh, me as no. like fantastic Delicious. but I for its unbelievable. And their puffs If you haven't tried their puffs yet, you're missing out.
0: Marshmallow coated in chocolate. You're just going to love it. Built.com. Scroll through the uh, chart. See what you have to choose from and get it. Now 15% off by
1: using the promo code BEC15 at Built.com. Built.com. BlazeTV.com slash Glenn is a place to go for your Blaze TV subscription. Save 10 bucks with the promo code GLENN.
0: Michaela gets, who's uh, one of our new um, employees here, uh, somebody who I have uh, kind of taken a personal interest in shepherding because she is really quite brilliant uh, and um, just rock solid. And she's what, 25? 25. 25, yeah. That doesn't happen. Anyway, um, she, unbeknownst to me, has been taking my advice, and when I say, go do these things, uh and uh and she's tried to do them and come up with a a few roadblocks so she wrote uh advice for dummies by a 25 year old who wanted to follow glenn's advice but didn't know how uh she's here to kind of walk us through some of these things
5: yeah so i think i wrote this because i am perhaps for all of your great reset advice. I am perhaps the worst person to take most of it because most of it's financial and that's what confuses me the most. So I wanted to see if I can do it. Probably anyone can do it. Mm -hmm. (laughs) If you can put your mind to it and I, Glenn, I sit and listen to you and I try to take your advice because I want to make things better. I want to do the right thing, but then there are so many things to do. I find myself doing nothing. So I thought, let me chip away at these things one at a time and see What can I do?
0: So the first thing you did was?
5: First thing I did was switch to a local bank, which we talked about last week. But Mm -hmm. the real first thing I had to do, Glenn, is find out why I wanted to do any of this. Because Glenn Beck told me to wasn't sustainable. Good for you. I had to figure out why do I personally want to do this. And that took me a while. And I had to write it out for myself and say, what is my motivation? Because if not, I'm going to hit walls. And Glenn Beck isn't going to be talking to me constantly. And I had to know, what do I want for my life? So what
0: was your why for getting and changing banks?
5: For changing banks, my why is when I saw what happened in Canada, I was finally that pushed me over the edge. I thought, oh, it's, it could really happen. They, they froze their banks. And then I looked into Wells Fargo, who I was banking Oof. with. Uh, <laughs> wow. and I've been banked. That was my wow. only wow. bank I've ever had as Wells Fargo. And I can bank really easily online with them. And it's, it's easy, right? I looked at Wells Fargo and I Googled Wells Fargo World Economic Forum. Mm-hmm. Whoa. Googled Wells Fargo ESG. Whoa. <laughs> yeah. And they have it's full of even they say they want to have a net zero gar- by twenty thirty right mm-hmm. that's not possible I know that's not possible which means I know that they're just towing a global line that this is all virtue signaling and I don't want my money with those people so I had to switch.
0: So how did you uh, how did you find that uh, that job that task?
5: How did I find that task? Yeah, you I find found that? that task to be. Simpler than the other tasks. It was about the simplest task for me. Once I knew what to look for, I had to call the banks. I talked about this last week that I had to call the banks and say, do you have a connection to a bigger bank? Do you have a connection to ESG scores? And that would take some time. Mm -hmm. But once I got through, they were honest with me. And I was able to find out bank by bank by bank, who can I actually bank with? And I was lucky Mm -hmm. I found a couple that I can actually bank with.
0: So you've put in your list, talk with your family. Why?
5: Because I have a husband and I... I knew that if we didn't want to do this together, it wouldn't be sustainable. Good for you. And I, I think that there's a lot of temptation when you feel I feel that I'm the information carrier of our family because I work here and I listen to you every day. Mm-hmm. And I feel that I am the Glenn Beck of my home, the ringing the alarm, the sounding the alarm. Well, I feel bad and
1: that for everyone you're the insane person in your home yeah. Yeah. What
5: <laughs> wow. well and i think a lot of people listening probably are the Glenn Becks of their home and that that might feel kind of isolating and it's good to have a team you want people who are all working together if you go if you want to go fast go alone if you want to go far go together and so i want to go far not fast
0: did you um did he agree with you right off the bat or did he was he like normal people that's Crazy. Well,
5: <laughs> he didn't ever call me crazy. He's very nice to me.
0: Yeah. But, <laughs> right. Did but, he ever say, well, bless your heart?
5: Yeah, he definitely said prove it. And that was useful. Good. He said prove it. He's like, what, what's the real threat here? I don't understand. Everything seems fine. It looks fine. Show me. And I had to show him. I couldn't just tell him the world's falling apart. I had to say, look, here's the research. I've done it. I printed Good it out. I highlighted it. And he wanted to know it for himself. And once he did, he was on board. And he's easier, like I said. Great husband. Love him. But
0: <laughs> So what was the next thing you did?
5: Calling my legislators.
0: And that was hard?
5: So well, I used to be a secretary for a legislator, so I know that most of those calls get ignored. So when I hear you say, call your legislator, I know there's specific things you have to do when you go to call your legislator. For example, I live in Texas now, and I went to see what is... I wanted to... Talk about anti ESG legislation, for example, I want Texas to pass that first thing I had to do was look up what they have, because if you call and you don't know your information, that's the first way to get ignored. So if you call and you're like, hey, um, I want to know, I want you to pass a anti ESG law. Well, Texas could turn around and say we already passed one, but they didn't really. They passed one that just protects certain industries. Yeah. Right. But if you don't know that, then you just say, oh, thanks. Bye, but right. you have to know. So I called and they say, hi, I saw that in the past you have passed an anti-G, anti-ESG legislation that only covered certain industries. I'm interested in covering me and a normal citizen. What is the legislator going to do to support that? And the thing that I also know is you can't just call the one that you are zoned for. You have to call the one who will be most sympathetic to your cause and the one you are zoned for because if the one you are zoned for is not going to... I know they will ignore your call. They will ignore your call. They will ignore your email. The best thing to do is either blitz them so they can't ignore it, which I think that the Glenn Beck listeners do very well, is a blitz. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But if not, you need to call the person you think will be sympathetic to you.
0: How do you find that person?
5: Well, I was looking at all the local legislators and I found somebody who was called like the the actionable conservative voice. And I thought, okay, we'll start here. (laughs) And you can see their voting. You can see how they voted in the past. You can see what they run on at minimum. Doesn't mean that they will necessarily be who they say they are. But if they say, I'm a far left leaning socialist probably (laughs) calling them about anti-ESG will be a waste of your time yes
0: yes (laughs) got it got it um and you have the steps on and we have this up is this up on glenbeck.com it is it's up on glenbeck.com okay so we have the script and everything you need to know everything that she's learned in doing this uh, we have it all at Glenbeck.com. It is Glenn Beck's advice for dummies, which I don't really like that, but uh, <laughs> Glenn Beck's advice for dummies uh, on on how to do all of the things uh, that we, we talked to you about. Investments. You write, as a young person, I invested just in time for Glenn, say, Glenn to say it's time to di- divest. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that is trouble. Here's my advice.
5: I believe I wrote, that put me in a pickle.
0: Yeah, you did. But, uh, <laughs> well,
5: I said, my first time I met with my investor, they said, Hello. What are your goals? I said, I would like to make money. They said, great. How much? I said, as much as possible. And they (laughs) sent me on my way. And that was it. And now suddenly I come back to my my advisor and I say, actually, I have a lot of moral stances now about my investments. And this is coming out of left field because first I just said, as much money as you can possibly make me, let's go. And all my investments were BlackRock. And I had no really? idea. I, I, First thing I had to do is say, I wonder what I'm investing in anyway, because I just had one of those general things mm-hmm. for young people that's kind of mm-hmm. risky. And I was like, can I have a copy of that? And they're like, sure. They send it to me in the mail. Literally 75% say BlackRock on it. I go into sheer panic. I'm like, oh my gosh, it's my fault. I'm ruining the world. It's me. <laughs> it's my money. I am the problem. And I don't want to be that. And I think a lot of people probably feel the pressure to try to be part of the solution, not part of the problem. So I worked with my investor and said, look, I don't know if I can know every single 30 different company in my portfolio all mm-hmm. of their specific views but can we work together to know who i definitely don't want to invest in that's where i started because picking individually every single company it's is imp- almost it's not impossible somebody out there's like it's not impossible i just did it and i yeah. think that's great but i started with look i know i don't want to be in blackrock let's start there let's pull out a blackrock and then they'll send me they'll say how about this one and i'll look it up and i'll be like okay yay or nay and it's hard to be a purist it's hard to be perfect but we can't let Wanting to be perfect stop us from doing anything.
0: I will tell you, just getting out of BlackRock is is huge. Mm-hmm. They are using our money to destroy us. Yeah, uh, and bring ESG, and that is a that's a really good first step. Is just taking all your money out and of BlackRock, and every do... state should be doing that. Mm-hmm. Divest from BlackRock as state, any retirement fund, any investment fund, get out of BlackRock. That will go a great. A long, long way. And Uh, you
5: have to celebrate the baby steps. Otherwise, it's easy to lose hope or lose motivation. So I feel that I was like, okay, I can't do everything. And I could beat myself over the head and be like, but still, your money's probably going somewhere bad. Like bad, Michaela. That is not right. (laughs) Or I could say, nice work, Michaela. Today, you made a step. You did something right. And we have to congratulate ourselves on these steps because those are not easy things to do. And if we're constantly looking at everything, like there's so much more I could do. That's true. But we will lose our motivation and we will lose our hope if we don't congratulate ourselves when we take these steps.
0: Michaela, thank you so much for your work. And you can find this all at glenbeck.com. I will tell you that um, uh, we have to start thinking um, about each other as well. I talked about this yesterday somewhat. Um, we, we need to start talking, uh, talking about and thinking about others. How can we help others? Because there's going to be a lot of people that, um, are, are way out of the loop on this and we can't just ignore them. We have to bind ourselves as communities and, and help people that will come into our communities and need help when things get really bad. You need to be at a place where your community thinks like that and thinks like you don't be the odd person out on this Um, get to those communities start thinking like a community on on how you can uh, how you can help and as Michaela just said you know you got to celebrate the baby steps and they're not baby steps they're just do the next right thing that's all you have to do you just do the next right thing don't worry about the big thing because you'll get to the big thing by just doing the next right thing. My pillow is our sponsor this half hour, and Mike has an incredible deal uh, on his Giza dream sheets. Uh, I sleep on them every night. They are made from the world's best cotton. They're Egyptian cotton. They're Giza cotton. Ultra soft, breathable, extremely durable. Every time you sleep on them, every time you wash on them, they get softer. They're really, really great. And right now they're coming at their lowest price ever. If you know anything about sheets, you know that they are really expensive. Right now, Mike Lindell has a sale on the Giza Dream Sheets that are 60% off, coming in as low as $39.99 with a promo code BEC. Now, they also have the 60-day money-back guarantee, so if they're not everything that I say it is, you can ship them back. Just go to mypillow.com, click on the radio listener specials to check out the flash sale on the Giza Dream Sheets. Use the promo code back, and you'll also get a copy of Mike Lindell's book free with your purchase. Enter the promo code back or call 800 966 3117. 800 966 3117. The Giza Dream Sheets on sale now.
5: The Glenn
1: Back Program. Welcome to the Glenn Beck program. We're talking about how to do all these things, and it's very difficult to do all these things. There's a, a million different steps, and a, and it's difficult to get down that road. Uh, one of the we've talked about Atomic Habits before, mainly because it was um, beating you in the in the bestseller <laughs> lists, and I was torturing you about it. But it's a fantastic book, and and the way one of the things, one of the big innovations I think in it when you're thinking about habits and this goes from everything from the way you eat to the, you know, whether everything. you're going to go to the gym or whatever is changing your approach to your habits in your life from a goal-based habit to a, an identity based. So in other words, a goal base would be, I'm going to go to the gym every day. Mm-hmm. Goal base is like, I strive to get in shape. I want to go to the gym every day. And that's how we've always, I think mm-hmm. always thought. And his point is like, you need to think of it as like, I'm the type of person who goes to the gym every day. I never miss a workout. I'm that guy. I'm the gym rat. That's me. And if you think of it that way, it becomes part of your identity and your ide- you're casting votes toward that identity with every small action. Every day you show up, you're casting a vote towards that person that you want to be. Give me another example here's an example do you do you, do i have any control over my life at all like none, none. zero i mean i you have eat, no right? self-control no self-control correct the one and this and uh, many in this audience will know this i'm like america's own you know single conservative vegetarian mm-hmm. right the only habit i could tell you about that i'm actually successful with and i never mess up is that I don't eat meat. I just don't do it. I've de- I can give you and the you explanation. And you really don't even know why, really. Yeah, I mean, there's a long explanation. Yeah, on it, but, but the bottom line is, you know, I that's who I am. It's the way I live my life. I don't care if you live your life the same way. But it's, it's like the only habit I can think of that I actually never mess up. I do it every single day. I never make a mistake. And about. that's because? And that's because I'm a vegetarian. It's like in my head, part of my identity. It's who I am. It's how I live life. Now, I know, uh, like for you, for example, you are a recovering alcoholic, right? That's mm-hmm. part of your identity. If someone asks you about alcohol, you don't say, well, I'm really trying to not drink. You say, no, I'm sober. I'm a recovering alcoholic. And it's part of your identity. And you never mess up, right? Um, and it's, it, it, if you think of it that way and change the way, like you're, you're striving for, like, for example, uh, pushing back against uh, you know, the Great Reset in, the, in ESG. There are things from day to day that you're not going to get there in one day. But every single time you take a a small action to cast a vote toward the identity of making sure that you're in line with your values, that's a day that you're progressing towards the type of person that you want to be. Not like some weird goal that eventually you'll achieve and be done, but it's an ongoing journey where you're constantly trying to make yourself into this person that you wish to be. So this is from Atomic... Atomic Habits. Uh, habits, yeah. which is, you found, really enlightening. Yes. Yeah. I think it's it's a great book. Even
0: it, though what you just said mm-hmm. is, I <laughs> am a vegetarian, mm-hmm. uh, I am a recovering alcoholic, yes. and I've given you the I am speech a million times.
1: Yeah, but you're... First of all, he's <laughs> outselling you. So uh, <laughs> he's obviously better. <laughs> we know. <laughs> no, it is true, it, though. If it, you change your thinking
0: yeah. to... I am an American. I am determined to be free. I am free. Uh, You will change. Uh, It just changes. You almost fake it until you make it. But it does change your thinking. And it creates what you say
1: I am. You know, whatever follows I am, you will be. Yeah. And uh, it's also because you have made that speech. And it's true. I mean, it's clearly true there's more to it than just saying it right like one of the other you're right 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 like you don't rise to the level of your goals you fall to the level of your systems right so Mm -hmm. if you don't have a system in place if you don't go through these things and do them if you're just kind of depending yeah, if, on your willpower every you're day, you're saying, gonna fail. If you say, I am rich every day,
0: you're not gonna be rich. Right, right. You're not rich. Right, right. You, you you but you start thinking that way. You start moving in a different way. Yeah. You Each start decision recognizing is made under
1: a, 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 a an existing structure, a framework exactly. that helps you get through these things. Even on the bad days when you feel like, you know what, I feel like going to the casino. Maybe you don't do that, although that is a oh, pathway to get rich. Thank
0: you very yeah. much for bringing something I've known my whole life, and I've tried to teach you my whole, the last years. How many books are you selling ago? there, Glenn? You can't even Sh- get them in the stores.
2: <laughs> <laughs> this is the Glenn Back Program.